Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Rockets. And as always, I'm your host, credential reporter for Sports Illustrated, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. This segment, we're going to talk about the number 17 pick and the number 26 slash 29 slash the Rockets got this player because of a trade. I'm asking Raphael Stone what went into the, the 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 departure of Christian Wood. He telling me the trade isn't finalized, but it finally gets finalized on a Friday. And all of this stuff goes on just so the Rockets can get their hand on not the 26th pick, but the 29th pick that they are that they acquired in the trade that sent Christian Wood to Dallas. They made it a three-team trade. 29 started off in, in Memphis. It went to Minnesota. And now 29 is here in, in the city of Houston in Tata, Washington. Sarge, we're going to save Washington for a little bit later. And I did that on purpose because that's how confused I got about that damn trade and that damn draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I got so tired of talking about it's official, it's not official. But number 17. Wait, you was waiting on Raphael Stone to say, shut your <laughs> <hands up." laughs> no, 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 no. I, I felt the answer he gave me was the equivalent to that. But I gotta tell our listeners about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, sports development, including this year's NBA Finals. Shout out to the Golden State Warriors for winning championship number four. My God, and maybe later on in the offseason, I think I'm going to bring somebody on this show. We got to discuss whether or not Steph Curry is definitely a top 10 player at this stage in his career. I got a lot of interesting thoughts on that. But you can also find the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, MLB, the latest fighting news, and even early predictions regarding the NFL season. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just remember use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get your bonus and to get into the action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Number 17, Tari Eason. I came on this show a couple of weeks ago and I said, I would love to see the Houston Rockets get Easton. Why? Because one of the things, like I said in the first segment, I want to see this organization get better on the defensive side of the ball. You're talking about a re- rebuilding team. And I understand it for a team that finished with the league's worst record for the second consecutive year. You want to try to get them as much talent as possible. However, when I take a look at a team that has been failing 
with their rebuild for almost two decades now in the Sacramento Kings, that's what they was doing. They thought they was getting the most talented player on the board and not worried about fit in terms of team that really understood, okay, not only do I need talent, but I also need to worry about fit as well and get these players that can actually help my organization improve in all areas, not just in scoring. You take a look at a Golden State Warriors. You take a look at the Boston Celtics. Hmm, two teams that was in the NBA Finals this past season. When I take a look at the Houston Rockets, the addition of Tory Eason, Jabari Smith Jr. might be the best draft pick for this organization. However, Tory Eason is by far, in my opinion, my favorite draft pick because I'm, 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 I do want to make this clear. And I studied him during the draft process. I don't know how much he's going to give this organization on the offensive side of the ball. First and foremost, when I seen him go out there and score 16 to 20 points, somewhere along those lines where he averaged at LSU, he had the ball in his hands a lot. He's not going to have the ball in his hands a lot here in the city of Houston, especially playing next to Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. And Alperin Shagun. I'm going to even throw him in there. However, Tari Eason might be the best defensive player in this draft class. He's athletic. He can guard positions one through five. He can protect the rim. He can wreak havoc in the passing lane. SARS, when I take a look at Tari Eason, I'm already going to come out and say, and this is a guy who hasn't even played a minute in the NBA yet. He's this team's best defensive player. He has the best size out of the three prospects that they already got. So I, I love it. I love it. Steven Silas said he want to see this team improve in defense. And what did he say on Friday? I said, my goal for 2022-23 was to get this team better on the defensive side of the ball. And Raphael Stone went out and got three players who can go out there and play defense, especially my guy, Tari Eason. Before I start talking about Tari Eason, because I, I, I like Tari Eason as well. I didn't know a lot about him until... Uh, I didn't watch a lot of SEC basketball this past season, so I did not know about him until he's, until the draft. Mm -hmm. But you're saying he's the – so you're saying he's the best defender on the Rockets right now because he can guard position one through five? Yeah, one through five, he's athletic. He's mobile. He could protect the rim. You could put him out on the perimeter. His lungs, I believe he has a seven foot or seven foot one wingspan. So it's going to be hard for guards to shoot over the top of him. If you pass the ball, he could wreak havoc in the passing lane. Like there's just so much that he can do on the defensive side of the ball. Like when you think of a defender in today's NBA, you want your, to, you want your defender to be like Tory East. Don't get me wrong. No, I, I agree. I'm just, you know. Like Jabari Smith plays really good defense as well. Mm -hmm. Tata Washington plays really good defense as well. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't get me wrong. I understand. Tari Eason is really, really, really good. Wasn't he a semifinalist for Naismith Defensive Player of the Year? One of the top one, one of ten. Mm -hmm. He was in the running. I, I get that. <laughs> I just, I just, I need to see it. Mm -hmm. I, I I need to see it. I, I I I witnessed it watching his highlights. I witnessed it watching him uh, uh, play at LSU. I witnessed it even watching going back to some of the uh, some of the footage of his twenty three games that he played where he made the All Freshman team mm -hmm. in Cincinnati. 
Um, I witnessed it watching some of the side note. Did you know that him and Paulo Banquero played for the state champion, played against each other for the state championship in Seattle in 2020? I didn't know that. You know who won the game? Oh. <laughs> Tari Easton? Easton's team. Well, Garfield. Garfield High School, which is where Tari Easton went, played against O'Day, mm-hmm. where Paulo Bancaro went. And, yeah, they blew him out 69-44. Now, with all due respect, Garfield, <laughs> had a better, Garfield had a better team, and they had a better coach. But the one-on-one matchup, you could see – you just seen all this potential on Tari Easton. So, yes, I get it. I just, I'm one of those ones where I still, I have to see it on the floor. You, you made a, when we, when we were at the introductory press conference on Friday and we were talking to the, the, the rookies and we were talking to Raphael Stone and we were talking to coach Silas. Do you remember what the overall theme was when they started talking about Tari Easton? But they also said, here's a player that can get to the rim when he wants to Mm -hmm. all the time, when he wants to, when he, when he wants to get to the rim, when he's determined to get to the rim, he'll get to the rim. And the reason why I said that is because earlier you said he may not get enough touches. Well, hell, if there was enough touches for Garrison Matthews, KJ Martin (laughs) and Jay Sean (laughs) Tate, I know that there's got to be enough touches for a player like Tari Eason. Like I know, and listen, I Tari Eason, uh, I don't want to say more athletic than KJ Martin, but better player than KJ Martin. Not a better shooter than Garrison Matthews, but a better player than Garrison Matthews. This is where it gets funny. He him and Jay Sean Tate got that same dog in him. The only problem is he's 6'8", Jay Sean 6'4". And that's where the problem comes in. I think that they're getting a taller Jay Sean Tate as far as mindset is concerned, as far as uh, um, the willing to do whatever it takes on the court. That's what I love about Tari Eason. Mm-hmm. When he transferred from Cincinnati and came to LSU, there was he, he, they made him no guarantees. They made him no guarantees that he was going to start. They said, you're coming here. You're going to get some playing time. but We can't promise you a lot of playing time because our team is already loaded. We already have a bunch of talent here. And you remember, this, the last season, LSU started out 15-1. and one. Yeah, I remember. And that was with Tari Eason coming off the bench mm-hmm. because of the commitments that LSU had already made to other players. Tari Eason put himself in the transfer portal after he played at Cincinnati, came to LSU. What does he do? All he does is say, okay, I'll prove it to you. When I talked to his, I talked to his mom on uh, Friday after the press conference, and she said he takes basketball so serious that, like, you can't joke around and play with him when it comes to basketball. He has a serious mindset, and he wants to prove to everyone that he's good at it. And she said, Mm. he is good at it. She says he's really good at it. And at every level, he's always had to prove himself. Earlier, we talked about him in high school in 20. So he went to Garfield high school is coached by former NBA player, Brandon Roy, Mm. former rookie of the year, Brandon Roy, right? Mm. 
a guy that would have been a goat had he not yes. getting injured. Woo! Right. Man, the world's a problem. Right. Tari Eason went there for three years. Would have went there four, but after his sophomore year, after his sophomore year, Brandon Roy went on a sabbatical. You remember that was during a time where... Didn't he get shot or something? He got shot, at, uh, I think, at his grandmother's house in Compton. Mm-hmm. He was going through some things with the divorce. and mm-hmm. you know, he said, So he took a year off of coaching, and Tari Eason left. And then when Brandon Roy came back, Tari Eason came back for his senior season. Well, those first two years, when he was a freshman, their team was so loaded that in the playoffs in his freshman year and his sophomore year, he didn't even play in the championship game. Like he didn't even play in the championship game. You know what Brandon Roy said? Brandon Roy said he didn't even complain. He just said, I'm going to work harder. And so that's all he did was work harder. When he got to LSU, having to prove himself, what did he do? He just worked harder. I say all that as I digress to come back and say, yes, the Rockets got a uh, 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 talented guy in Jabari Smith Jr. But they got a dog, D-A-W-G, in Tari Eason. Here's a young man that he's one of those guys that reminds you a lot of, and I don't, and I'm not saying this from a scoring aspect, not from an offensive uh, standpoint, but he reminds you of another player out of Seattle who got in the league and had to prove himself and just kept proving himself over and over and over again in Jamal Crawford. I was just about Jamal, to say Crawford. Yeah, Jamal Crawford had that dog in him where he's just like, every time I step on the court, I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to give you everything that I got. And that's what I see from Atari Easton. So the Rockets are getting a player that if Steven Silas says, hey, you may not touch the ball this whole game, but I need you to guard the best player on the opposite team. No problem, coach. I got it. So that's what I like about Tari Eason. If I had to give a grade to Tari, uh, if I had to give a grade to Tari Eason right now with the Rockets getting him, the Rockets got, I, I'll say I'll give him an A. I got, mm-hmm. I, I had to give another A. Um, I gave an A plus to Jabari Smith. I'm going to give an mm-hmm. A to Tari Eason. I gave an A plus to Jabari Smith, and I'm going to give another A plus to Tari Eason. Now, in terms of what they got in Tata Washington, really quick, just off of a great Sarge, because I do want to talk more about Washington and Kevin Porter Jr. together, because I think something interesting is starting to will be brewing throughout the season between those two. <laughs> but in terms of Tata Washington, I'm going to give the Rockets a B minus. And I say that because, yes, Washington is – he came into the draft as a top-10 point guard, had an opportunity to study him. I was actually surprised that he failed second to the last pick in the first round. I thought by far he would have been gone somewhere in between, let's say, pick number 16 or like 22. I think there are some teams that need point guards that could actually use his services. However, you know – I've been talking about fit a lot here, as you can tell. I've been talking about it even before the draft. Jabari's a good fit. Tari Eason is a good fit. Tata Washington is a good fit. However, I'm not too sure if drafting a point guard is what this organization needed as of right now. Because you have a starting point guard in Kevin Porter Jr. And then for your backup role, it's like, okay, are you going to go out and get a veteran 
point guard in free agency that's about to start in the next couple of days. And then, of, and of course, you also still have Deshaun Nix. And Deshaun Nix is another, you know, very interesting factor into where does he fall now with the addition of Tata Washington. And then when I take a look at Washington, this is a talented point guard to where if you don't have enough minutes for him, you're not going to throw him in the G League because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's a player that needs a lot of reps in the G League. Oh, you, don't, you, you, you don't want him to sit at the end of the bench because he's going to need time to develop. So I really do believe, you know, you know, I would give him a B minus only because the boy is talented. And, and like I mentioned, he was a top 10 player at his position during the draft. And I really do think that they got a player that had, had he not gotten injured. And of course, Kentucky had a lot of stuff going on this past season, but had he been in a good situation, had he not getting injured, I would not have been surprised if we were talking about a player in Tata Washington who might've been drafted in the lottery, i.e. the New Orleans Pelicans, who I think they had the number one pick. I forgot which point guard they took. I think they took a point guard from the G league, but I thought he would have been a good fit for the Pelicans because that's all the Pelicans need is for somebody to distribute the ball between CJ and Zion and BI. That's all they need. And I think they, that's going to put them over the top. However, you know, like the guard, what's, the, what's the little guard name that always be hiding in the corner? Waiting uh, the you, you t- I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name right now. I think his name is Jose, if I'm not mistaken, or something. I, I can't remember his name right now, but he's a Patrick Beverly type of player, you know, but I, I think Washington would have been better for a team like that. And like I just mentioned, I know we're going to save it for the second segment more so on how this point guard rotation is going to go. But I look at this and I say that might have been a waste of a pick, especially considering that there was pretty some that there was some noticeable promising wing players like a Kendall Brown from Baylor who was still on the board by the time the Houston Rockets or Washington Memphis whoever the hell made another the pick. wing yeah yeah I would say so I would say so because that's what they needed and I will only say that because, wings already here but, but KJ Martin you already got this Colonel wings you right, yeah, yeah, you're, right. Time you're right but I I think I think I think Kevin I think Kenyon Martin is on his way out anyways however with all that being said a guy like Kendall Brown you could have drafted him could have let him spend a year in the G League and then next year after you kind of get your wing situation stuff situated that would have give, given him an opportunity you're gonna now, put Usman in I mean I'm sorry that go ahead I'm, I'm no, here. no, I, I was giving the floor back to you. Like when I take a look at Washington, I, I would give it a B minus. I want to give it a C, but a player as a, a talented player like him doesn't deserve a C, even though I don't agree with the potential fit as of right now. You know, I said before this podcast started, hey, Sarge, you know, last time you and Cody was on a podcast together, you know, you 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 know you kind of pushed this button when it came to Davis Mills, <laughs> and you know this time Sarge, don't push his buttons. Just let him have his moments. You ain't gonna push my buttons with Tata Washington, just so let, you know. Let him have his moments. No, I'm not gonna push your buttons with Tata Washington. I may push your button buttons when I say this. What the hell are you talking about, Cody? <laughs> The hell, a B, almost a C. Come on, like oh. I said, like I said, Wait. in order for this to be a really successful rebuild, at some point you got to start putting in, you got to start taking a look at fit. You talk, and I've been talking okay. about that a lot. Okay, so they got on, the fit. best of both worlds in Easton and Smith, but with Washington, especially so, considering with Kevin Porter Jr. and Deshaun Nix, so where, where, how is this going to work? 
It's going to work when I tell you this. So you're talking about fit, right? Think, of, look, I'm going to give you three seconds to think about who the Rockets have right now at point guard. Okay, time's up. Now, tell me who is the natural point guard for the Houston Rockets. Not a shooting guard transformed into a point guard. Who is a natural point guard for the Rockets right now on that roster? Washington. Dacian Nix is not a a true point guard. Dacian Nix is a, a shooting guard playing point guard. Kevin Porter Jr. is a shooting guard playing point guard. He's learning the position. He is a Russell Westbrook type experiment when you're trying to get him to go from score, 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 to point guard, distribute, run the team, get the team going. The Rockets don't have that. Why do you think that when they acquired Dennis Schroeder uh, uh, in the in the trade with Boston, everybody got so happy, including Coach Silas, because they said, now I have a true point guard who knows how to play the position, Right. When DJ Augustine was here, what was the one thing DJ could do? Get the team going and also settle them down, and he could score. Ty Ty Washington is a natural point guard. Ty Ty Washington can score. Ty Ty Washington is also a player who doesn't care about scoring as long as he's winning. Ty Ty Washington is a player who wants to get his teammates involved first, and then he'll get to going. His his former uh, college coach John Calipari made a, a a great statement at the beginning of the season last year. He says the one thing that I liked about Tata Washington is Tata was playing in a uh, uh, like an AAU type setting All Star game. He didn't play the entire first half. Didn't complain. Didn't say nothing. Came in that second half, dropped twenty two points. They won the game. Let's go home. Didn't say a word about playing. When he came into the game, changed the trajectory of the game, changed everything about the game because he knows how to get his teammates involved. We talk about the Houston Rockets and we talk about all that offensive firepower that they have. We never really talk about somebody who, once they get out of whack, one thing that DJ Augustine could always do was, hey, settle them down. Let's run a play. Hey, we know we can get up the court. We didn't turn the ball over too many times. Settle down. Settle down. Give me the ball. I'm going to hold it. Y'all run up the court. Let's get this set, and let's run it. That's what Ty Ty Washington can do. And you said a C? You said a B minus. Want to give him a C? Mm. That's an A. Like, that's another A. For them to go out and get a player like that, oh, that's a, that's an A. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Before we close out, me and Sarge had a very interesting discussion about Tata Washington. I don't know why he's laughing. About Tata Washington on whether or not we like the pick. I said I would like to give the Rockets a C, but I would give him a B minus only due to his talent. Sarge made a lot of great points on why the draft pick or the acquisition through a trade, whatever the Rockets and the NBA want to call it, but the acquisition of Tata Washington was great for this organization. And I don't agree. I, I, I don't disagree with him. However, Sarge, my, one of my biggest issues is, and it's not really an issue. It's more so a concern that I have because like I mentioned in the second segment, where is Tata Washington going to fall in the rotation? Cause like I mentioned, he's too talented already to, 
you send him down to the G League, get some playing time. If he comes to the Rockets, I don't see them cutting Kevin Porter Jr.'s playing time. There is also the factor of him versus Deshaun Nix. You mentioned Nix isn't a point guard. Maybe, maybe to your point, this could be an opportunity for the Rockets to put Nix back into his natural position, which is a two guard, and you have an opportunity to bring Tata off the bench as your traditional point guard. Well, wait, hold on. You're going to bring in Nix, put Nix at the shooting guard position. Mm-hmm. Not, not as a backup to Jalen Green, though. Just, just to have him. At yeah, the yeah, yeah. Just position. to have him as a shooting guard position because, because he can't Josh play. Christopher he can't the... play three unless you run a lineup where you run Christopher at the three, Knicks at the two, and Washington at the one. Which side note, which is going to be interesting because Josh may go through a growing spurt this summer, and if he goes through a growing spurt, you could put him at the three. Yeah, and that's what I was about to get to, like. You put Knicks at the two because I, I do believe, and I talked to I talked to Knicks over this past week, and I asked him what was the, you know, one of the most challenging things he had to go through in trying to play point guard on the NBA level versus, you know, scoring damn near 30 points in the G League. And he talked about how hard it was for him to try to find that equal balance of of, of scoring and, 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 and going about his own way of scoring the basketball, whatever the case might be, and also distributing. So that, that's why I could kind of see, see maybe that's the reason why they had an opportunity to bring in Ty Ty Washington. But you're talking about a player, though, who the only thing he's ever been told to do his entire career was score. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's, why I, yeah. That's, why, that's why I brought my conversation about Knicks to this podcast to you because you made some really good points about Washington being a true shooting guard. I mean, Washington being a, tr- a true point guard. But that being said, Sarge, is is there pressure on Kevin Porter Jr. now that this organization has Washington? Because I I, I kind of look at this from a standpoint, and no, we are not about to argue and debate about this young man for the one hundredth time. This ain't locked on Texans. This is believe in Rockets. But I kind of feel like Kevin Porter Jr. and Davis Mills are in the same boat to where. The Texans and the Rockets are looking at Mills and they're looking at KPJ and they're saying, you know what, we're going to give you this whole upcoming season to go out there on the field and go out there on the court and showcase what you can do. Davis Mills, if you can go out there and showcase, you could be a real quarterback and we got your back beyond the 2022 season. And as for the Rockets, Kevin Porter Jr. for the second year in a row, if you can go out there and do even more developing and be that starting point guard that we saw close out the season last year, We'll give you the extension and we'll let you be our starting point guard moving forward. But if he doesn't, if he, if he doesn't excel as that title as starting point guard, you have a true point guard, like you say, in, in, in Tata Washington, is there pressure for Kevin Porter Jr. to establish himself more so as a point guard this year? One thing that I know since I've been working in the audio field, as far as being on air, with radio and being on podcast, the one thing that I've learned is there's some things that you just shouldn't do when you're on air, right? There's just some things you shouldn't do when you're recording. I preface my statement. I, I, I preface what I'm about to say, excuse me, with doing, this is what I heard when you asked me that question. Heard all that static? Mm-hmm. Because that's why would you even ask that question? That's what I heard it. That's how I heard it. 
I heard that question like that. There's no pressure on him, Cody. There's no pressure because it's still a work in progress. You, you got to think about it like this. You asked KPJ to play point guard. KPJ didn't ask to play point guard. You said, we, not you per se, the Rockets. The Rockets said, we want you to play point guard. Kevin Porter Jr. is like, well, I am a, a shooting guard slash small forward. The only thing that I've ever known in my career was score. You remember when they tried to make Kobe a point guard and Kobe said, I ain't no point guard. <laughs> I'm a shooting guard. You know what I do? I shoot. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Kevin Porter Jr. is. That them drafting Ty Ty Washington has nothing to do with Kevin Porter Jr. It has, in my opinion, excuse me, in my opinion, has nothing to do with Kevin Porter Jr. having any additional pressure on him. What the Rockets did was the Rockets removed a player and put more confidence in Kevin Porter Jr. They removed a player and put more confidence in Kevin Porter Jr. being able to run the team without having to feel the pressure of getting a ball, getting the ball to a certain player every two or three times up the court. Now, normally I would be politically correct and keep saying the player, the Rockets got rid of Christian Wood. And when they got rid of Christian Wood, that took a lot of pressure off of KPJ as far as making sure Christian is involved in the offense. Look at how that offense ran when Christian Wood didn't play the last couple of games with the Houston Rockets. Who thrived? KPJ and Jalen Green. Because they play well together. They play very well together. Now, guess what? Ain't no pressure on Kevin Porter Jr. to get the ball to anybody but Jalen Green. Not Jabari, not Tari Eason, not Shingun, not nobody. So guess what that does? That opens up the door now for him to become a natural, I mean, I'm sorry, for him to learn the role of playing point guard. I said this earlier, I'll say it again. Russell Westbrook, what the Oklahoma City Thunder did when they said, okay, Russ, we we don't want you to be a shooting guard anymore. We know you play shooting guard your whole life. We know you play shooting guard all the way. We drafted you as a shooting guard, but we want you to be a point guard. With that, we know that you, there's a whole different mindset come with playing point guard. We're going to have to give you some time to get adjusted to this role. Last year was the first full year this young man had played that point guard position. So you go from getting the ball to distributing the ball. So I don't feel like there's any pressure on Kevin Porter Jr. this season by uh, uh, by the Houston Rockets drafting Ty Ty Washington, which, by the way, if, if I didn't say it uh, in the last segment, I'll say it again. I gave him a grade of A. Sorry. Uh, thank you, dude. And I understand your point, and I agree with everything that you said, but here's the only thing between when Russell Westbrook was asked to move to point guard with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He kept developing, and he kept developing, and he kept getting better. As for Kevin Porter Jr., at some point, if he becomes stagnant, they could, they could move. Let's say if this season he becomes stagnant. 
maybe they can possibly move on from it, especially now that he's eligible for a contract extension. And as of right now, a rookie contract extension, as of right now, they haven't given him one. But Russ became stagnant, though. Hold on, Coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russ became stagnant. Yeah, Russ became stagnant after he reached all-star damn near potential. No, no. Russ. Hold on, Cody. Wait. When Ru- they asked, when did Russell Westbrook take over point guard point guard Cody. duties for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Cody, let me let, hold on. Before we get into this, let me tell you this: you're talking to an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Oh, I agree from, with that. Wait, I wait, understand wait, wait, that. On. From the time Kevin Durant came into the league until the time Russell Westbrook got traded to the Rockets, you know what that means? I pretty much watched all of Kevin Durant's games. Up until the time he left the Thunder, well, I watched him with the Warriors too. That's another story for another time. But I watched every one of Russ's games until he, every one of Russ's game until he went to the Lakers because I watched him here as well. Now, during that learning period, during that trans, excuse me, during that transition period, during that learning period of him learning how to be point guard, he had some stagnant moments. What made up for the fact of what the reason why they didn't shine as much is because Russell Westbrook is a better overall player than what Kevin Porter Jr. is. So he does the other things very well when it comes to um, rebounding and when it comes to assist. So when he went through his stagnant period, he found other ways to excel until he was able to come out of that period. Do you remember there was a time when, when Russ was learning, Russ had a lot of turnovers. When Russ was learning that point guard position, he had a lot of turnovers. When he learned the position, what happened, Cody? For five years straight, for five to five to seven years straight, he was in the top five or five, top five to seven uh, in assist for point guards. Before that, though, he was a turnover machine. Before that, Reggie Jackson was the best point guard on that team. James Harden was the best point guard on that team. Hell, even Deion Waiters, when he came and played for a minute, was the best point guard. Hell, sometimes Tabo Cephalosha was better. There was a stagnant period for him before he became... Mr. Triple Double. So all I'm saying is, is that there's going to be a stagnant period for KPJ. But I think that what gives, what 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 will give us hope in the media, and what will give Rockets fans hope, is what we've seen the last month from KPJ as a point guard playing with Jalen Green. And that's where I want to piggyback on because you said something. You said Russell Westbrook became stagnant in his growth, but he learned how to affect the game in different areas, whether that be rebounder, rather that be assist, rather that be on defense. Let's say for the sake of this argument, Kevin Porter Jr. does not do that. Then you are we looking at a situation then where the Rockets might be saying, hmm, maybe it's time to move on from him and let Tata Washington take the hand. And, and, and I, I, that that's the way I'm looking at this. And you talking, you talking to somebody who believes in KPJ, who wants to see these young men succeed, and who is actually rooting for this young man to succeed. And, and I get I, that. And I, I just don't know. Like, and and I hate but to bring asked- this up. I hate to bring this up. And and no, I don't want to argue about this young man. But I just feel like KPJ and Davis Mills are in the same boat as to 
if they go out there and show that they can continue to develop and continue showing the promise, then we could see them staying with the, with, you can see both the Texans and the Rockets staying with both of these players beyond this upcoming season. But if things go completely left, you're looking at a situation where, you know, Texans can move on from Mills or Rockets can move on from KBJ. And, you know, I, and just like I'm rooting for KBJ, I'm damn, damn sure rooting for Davis Mills, but just go check out one of the latest installments of Locked On Texans for that conversation with this young man. But I mean, look, look I, I get so it. If you was, I put it like this, Cody. If you were not there, if you didn't sit next to me in the press press section of the Rockets games, if you didn't sit next to me in the press conferences, I would probably say, "Well, Cody, you probably I, I get it because." You know, you're not at the games. You're probably just watching them on TV, and TV ain't giving you the angles of what you need to see. A blase this, a blase that, unless they do the replays. But you were sitting next to me when the little dude behind us was saying, "Jalen, Jalen, <laughs> Jalen." You were right there sitting next to me, right? Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, you witnessed it with your own eyes. This young man progress yes if towards the season so yes so so with that being said and you mentioned as much as much uh confidence you have in davis no 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 don't do that because i literally (laughs) just said i have the same confidence like i might be the only person in the media rooting for both of these guys on the same scale. Like I'm rooting for Kevin Porter Jr. So and I'm having this conversation and if you got the confidence in because and at the same time, play. because at the same time, and by the way, I'm gonna use that same logic that you just threw at me on 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 on, on Jalen Green, the same logic that I could say for Davis Mills as well. But I'm all I'm saying Davis is, Mills. but no, 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 we're not about to do that. But you all keep I'm bringing saying up Davis Mills because I believe they are in the same boat, and I look at the promise and the development and the potential that I saw in Kevin Porter Jr. And I believe, and I'm hopeful, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong that this argument is just gonna get thrown thrown in the garbage in the first month of the season or whatever case might be like i want to see kevin porter jr exceed i believe in this young man i believe in the confidence but at the same time i i, I believe in his development but at the but same to ask time, these type of questions though where no, do no, you no, see no 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 where do when, you see a regression you at, have to I, I didn't say i see a regression all i'm saying when i take a look at the when i take a look at the addition of tata washington a guy once again i 100 agree is a pass first true point guard once again, I 100% agree. At some point, Washington, probably by next season, is going to have a role where he's starting. I don't know if he's going to get that role with the Rockets if Kevin Porter Jr. is still your starting point guard as long as he continues development. Developing, But at the same token, if at some point he becomes stagnant, or let's say, for instance, something happens and things go left with the experiment of Kevin Porter Jr. at point guard, then I can see the Rockets moving on from KPJ, just so like, just like, just like, just like, no, 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 just like, just like, just, no, what stop, is stagnant? Develop, just stop developing. Sta- okay, so hold on. Stagnant means he's in a slump, right? No, so- just stop developing. Who stops developing? Kevin Porter Jr. That's what we are talking about right now. No, I, listen, I'm not asking you what person. What I'm asking you is what, name me a player that you've seen that had, with KPJ's potential that just stopped developing. 
Sarge, all I'm saying, I'm just using this for an example. You know what? Forget it. Kevin Porter Jr. is the starting point guard for the Houston Rockets, just whatever. So if things go left and he start averaging nine points and eight turnovers or whatever, he's still going to be the starting point guard. All I'm saying, if things go left for Kevin Porter Jr., all I'm saying is for Kevin Porter Jr., if he does not continue to develop, and just like the Davis Mills argument, if Davis Mills doesn't develop, I can see a situation where both of those organizations can move on from those players. And when I take a look at Tata Washington, the guy who is talented as a, as a true point guard, if things doesn't work out with Kevin Porter Jr., I could see the Rockets moving on from KPJ and giving him the role as a starting point guard. I That's just, all I'm trying to say. And when you're going into your – I wish I'm going to say this is his second season with the Rockets. I just look at this from a standpoint where Kevin Porter Jr. has to make sure that he's on it for this upcoming season. But with that being said, that concludes – a very interesting installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And I'm Big Sarge, and make sure you follow me at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end on Twitter. Follow me at BigSargeSports.com. Uh, and... You can also hear me on Sports Talk 790 Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10 to 12 a.m. Make giving these great sports takes that <laughs> y'all in. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.